0: And welcome to the Jam Yearbook, I'm Matt and I'm Jim welcome back and welcome to the second episode of our monthly review of new music
1: today we're going to bring you all of the best music we found exploring new music during the month of August
0: 2023 we know how hard it is to dig through so many new releases and most of the time now We're just singing along to the radio and songs from 30 years ago. So it's nice to break out of that mold and explore into new territory.
1: Oh, yeah. But contrary to the belief of mainly our generation, or it seems like every generation that comes along (laughs) that, that thinks their generation's music is the best, there is still a lot of good music coming out. The industry machine just doesn't give the same promotion, and it can take some work to find it.
0: And it wasn't all good either. We checked out some music out of curiosity or expectations and found that it's probably not going to be worth your time. You've been warned. (laughs) I wish somebody would have warned me. (laughs) There were some gems that I know we're more than happy to share with everyone.
1: Yeah, I think it's a mainly positive show this week. So that's a good thing. We're not kicking off with deaths this week, Matt. That's another good thing.
0: Where's the Hallelujah Chorus? (laughs) (laughs) No Reaper yet. We've had a visit from the Stork, though. We've had some big names celebrate their birthdays in August, so we're going to start off with a few. Hey, happy birthday to you. Hey, I'll kick it off.
1: Well, we had Dua Lipa, James Hetfield, Vinnie Vincent, The Edge, Mark Knopfler, Madonna, Phoebe Bridgers, Belinda Carlisle.
0: And for some reason, I get to say happy birthday to Fred Durst, of all people. Yeah, thanks, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) But I also get the honor of saying happy birthday to Robert Plant, Serge Tankian, the great Elvis Costello, Gene Simmons, Alex Lifeson, Shania Twain, and Van Morrison.
1: But the music world did have one big loss in August, and we will bring these up if they happen. He was a trailblazer and a true legend of electric Americana music.
0: Sight. Jim said, we wouldn't start with the Reaper. You knew he had to show up so we could send Robbie Robertson off into the sunset. Member of the band, who were also at the time, Bob, member of the band, but who are also at a time Bob Dylan's backing band aside from performing, he left us with a long list of production credits that I found quite surprising, including a great three album run with Neil Diamond, beautiful noise and the singer sings His songs and an amazing live album. Love at the Greek way back in version 1978, Jim noted Martin Scorsese directed the band movie concert, the last waltz that relationship was just getting started as Robbie Robertson produced soundtracks for many Scorsese films, Raging Bull, they re-released the soundtrack in 2005, but he also did The King of Comedy, Color of Money, Casino, Gangs of New York, Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed, Shutter Island, Silence, and The Irishman. I had no idea he had these kind of production credits, or that relationship, that long relationship with Martin Scorsese.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: We also thought it'd be fun to keep track of album anniversaries, if nothing else, to make us feel old really only one significant anniversary this month. And I'm glad it's only one because this one deserves all the attention. Stevie wonders in possibly incredible album interversions turned 50 in August. Yeah. We're both huge fans of this album and I hope it's something that people keep discovering for years to come. And we'll always be older than that album. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, moving on from that, Jim, it's time to talk about new music released in August.
1: Uh, yeah, you mean the good, the bad, and probably the fugly?
0: <laughs> that's pretty accurate. That That's an accurate pronoun. But let's not kid ourselves. That's the way it's always been. You know, we talked about in the, mid, in the beginning of every generation says our music is the best. And well, yeah, our music is the best, but it doesn't mean that <laughs> there's not still good music coming out. It's the way it's always been. It's the way it's always going to be. For every great album ever released, there's at least 50 terrible ones. (laughs) Let's start with Who's Still Around, as we found there are plenty of older bands still making new music.
1: Yeah, I'm punching my fists in the air, because I'm going to start with
0: Candlebox. That's worthy of a fist bump. Okay. (laughs) At least we know where your basement is. You didn't miss hearing, (laughs) folks. Jim really just said Candlebox, complete with a logo that still looks like a 90s tribal tattoo.
1: I got to be honest on first listen. I don't know why I reacted this way. I kind of liked it. I (laughs) must've been an off day because on my second listen, I made it about 45 seconds in and thought I must've been on something because (laughs) it's not a return to form for anything that I'd probably return to at all. I think even for hardcore candle box fans, the two of you that exist in the world out there somewhere, (laughs) you'd be disappointed in this.
0: Yeah. I think the worst reaction you could have towards music is if you find it unnecessary. Mm -hmm. I was surprised that the real comeback, if you want to call it, that was in 2008. They've been putting records out, you know, pretty consistently every few years since then, there are a few songs. I'm like, Oh, this has promise, but they would quickly fall apart. It left me uninspired to dig into any of the albums I missed. It's not like they were an A-list band for me to begin with, but they did have some hits. Yeah, they did. And I had a very similar reaction to Filters, The Algorithm. Again, another band that they had a few hits that I liked, uh, but I never really had a deep connection with them. But I had high hopes. I wanted Candlebox and Filter to come in and say, hey, we can still do this. I wanted to hear growth, but what I heard was more of a regression. Fans of these two bands... Check out these albums and report back if you disagree. Yeah, the the, the four of you that are out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're giving Filter, too. They're tied. I've given them, too. Okay. Yeah, we'll make we them need tie. a tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> but let's flip this into the positive. All right, let's do that. Yeah. I enjoyed End of the World from Public Image Limited. I went in with low expectations, so that probably helped. John Lydon can sour me on even trying to listen because of his behavior. He's just a prick when you, <laughs> when you hear him talking. I don't have much knowledge to give a deep comparison to their older records, but as the show goes on, a common message will be repeated. I love the energy. It's a really good performance on this record, and it kept me engaged the whole way through. I may have found a new personal theme song as well, Being Stupid Again. Anytime I mess up, I am singing that. That's a song we could have used for most
1: of our lives. I know. <laughs> John Lydon, I don't know if you know this, but he was trying to get on Eurovision last year. He was trying to represent Ireland. <laughs> you know how they can okay, do I could countries? actually
0: kind of get behind that,
1: though. <laughs> but I think they knew <laughs> what they could expect if they let him on that show.
0: Oh yeah, but if Ireland really wanted to give a middle finger to everybody at Eurovision, that would have been the way well, to do it.
1: Ireland <laughs> wants to win it just like the rest of them. They've got nothing against a lot of the EU. Uh, right okay. So, and and don't worry, nobody takes him seriously over here, Matt. So all that prickishness, we 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 understand that prickiness, prickishness. Like, yeah,
0: yeah what, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. It is. The,
1: the the music's good. That's fine. It is, and I like it. Off the mic, he does blow a lot of hot air.
0: Mm. Yeah, And Alice Cooper fans, even if you're not a fan of Alice Cooper, check out Road. He and his longtime producer, Bob Ezrin, created an often classic sounding Cooper album. It must be the Ezrin factor because I heard Shades of Kiss's Destroyer, the guitar sounds on here as well. And Tom Morello pulls off a cool guest spot on Line Frankenstein. Big Boots has a really cool bass line. It gives a little bit of nod to Pump It Up from Elvis Costello. And surprisingly... Or not. If people know, Alice Cooper is seventy-five, and he is still rocking and kicking ass. I didn't realize until you put it in the notes that Bob Ezrin produced this, and that actually kicks it
1: up a notch for me. It's great to see him still out there with these guys, creating great music. And definitely, this album's worth checking out. Personally, I gotta admit, I've never been a big Alice Cooper fan. I kind of stick to the hits, and "I School's Out" is probably one of my favorite classic <laughs> rock songs. Yep. But, uh, you know, Matt's right. Everyone for non-fans as well. It's a good album. I I can't believe how good he still sounds at 75 years old.
0: Yeah. It's good. Solid. And the hives to quote Pele Älmqvist from an interview in Dork rock and roll can't grow up. It is a perpetual teenager. And this album feels exactly like that. He is not wrong. I love that sentiment. This album's got punk energy, rock and roll confidence, groove, swagger, and just the dash of danger that it needs. Mm -hmm. Or in a word, cool. Mm -hmm. This is a pump-up album. Most bands that have been around for 26 years don't put out albums like this. It sounds fresh. It would be hard to single out one song. I love the entire album. But Rigor Mortis Radio got the most repeats. That's a really cool song. Drums that actually reverberate and sound natural, not dead, I, I don't want to wait another 11 years, but that this wait was definitely worth it. Uh, oh, yeah, it's cool.
1: I'm going to take us about as far away from punk as we can go, because I'm going to bring up and I'm not going to surprise anybody. It's Rick Astley. I'm not going to Rick roll you. And he released the single, Never Gonna Stop. I guess he's into this Never Gonna Stop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's one way to get the attention on you is to kind of harken back to your old song that everybody likes to joke about.
1: Also, if you're going to search algorithms on Spotify and the first thing you punch in is Never Gonna, you might actually land on his new song. (laughs) So it's a smart thing for him to have done. My my inner 14-year-old is vindicated for loving this guy's cheesy debut album in the 80s. This song is safe. It's nice, but I also think it has a touch of class, and I think he's always brought this to his music. Dave Grohl's proven to me that I can like both edgy, indie, hard rock, and still love and respect what somebody like Rick Astley brings to the game.
0: I love that title so much, never going to stop. <laughs> it's perfect. It, it, we're the ones, well, not specifically you and me, Jim, but the whole human race. We tried to make a joke in a meme of his music but you can't deny dude's talented. He's got a great voice and there, there's an audience for this kind of music. I think
1: that Rick rolling is probably the reason why he's been able to kind of make a comeback because yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. He, he came back and became relevant all of a sudden. And then he plays up the Rick roll. He knew he had absolutely was aware of what was going on. And now he's, back out making music again. And he was
0: at Glossonbury this summer and he's touring and I've good for him. Yeah. It shows the healthy ego. It does. That you can take the slings and arrows. Yep. And we had a legendary return from Al green. His new single was amazing.
1: Yeah. This was such a surprise to get this new song from him and We're both so glad he's still around. You don't know. You know, like over the past, you know, five, he hasn't released anything for four or five years. Mm -hmm. This is a cover of Lou Reed's Perfect Day. And it's about as perfect for me as a cover can get. I love when he gets to the chorus, he actually goes to a lower vocal register. I thought when I started listening to it, that he might try to stretch and take it a key higher, which probably wouldn't be easy at his age. He might be able to still do it listening to him sing. Yeah. But instead he keeps it in control and it gives the song that genuine sincerity, almost like a nod of respect to Lou Reed and how he sang that song. You know, Matt, already that I love this song. I added it to our show in version 1972. So a surprise to me. I got up one morning, I'm walking to the bus stop and I hit the new release playlist and I come across Al Green singing Perfect Day. It brought a happy tear to the corner of my eye.
0: There are many bands and singers I'm grateful to reconnect with in doing this show. None more than Al Green. No, Love hey. him. And I'm so happy that I've been able to reconnect with his music, especially doing the 70s years that we've covered. Beautiful voice. Yeah, and he still sounds great. But Matt, it
1: can't all be positive, so I'm going to bring up the "why are they still around" category for some of these older bands.
0: I thought you already did Candlebox and
1: Filter. <laughs> no, kind of, <laughs> but I, I'm, I, this this is more. I'm I'm going to take out the trash because this is the Bare Naked Ladies, who I haven't always minded their music in my lifetime. I've talked about really liking some of their songs. But this new song called One Night, it's not fun. It's not original. And the guy, you know, who's the lead singer now who took over 15, 20 years ago because they made a kid's album and the other lead singer got caught doing a line of coke. Sorry. (laughs) You know, there are plenty of people we talk about on this show who've probably done more coke than the whole entire band bare naked ladies could do in their lifetime. But he's struggling to stay in key throughout the song. It sounds like a drunk mm-hmm. uncle got up at karaoke
0: and I can't even feel nostalgic about it. And that's sad. I'm going to take the dagger out of my back and it's not from you. It's from the bare naked ladies. Cause yeah. I loved this band at one point. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they had a hiatus and they are out of shape. Yeah. It really did yeah. <laughs> songwriting and performance um, because it is sad to report. This was not a good song, but Hey, at least it's only one night and not one week, Jim. <laughs> that's an excellent point. Yeah. All right. We've reminisced enough about older bands. Let's, let's kick them to the curb. Let's move on to things more modern. Pay attention to these bands. I'll kick us off with
1: John Batiste. I think that's how we say his name. I really loved his song, Butterfly. This is the song for me that's made for my quiet moments. I take it maybe he's bigger in the states because I haven't heard much of him over here, and people are probably paying more attention to him there. I think if people in the u k. paid more attention here,
0: they'd really like his stuff. I wish I had an answer to your pondering about that. I mean, he had a moment a couple of years ago when the Pixar movie Soul came out. Yeah, he did a few jazz pieces for that movie. I don't know if he was able to parlay that into wider success. Um, You probably see him performing in Times Square when like the morning talk shows today or something, you know, they have a performer mm-hmm. and they probably put somebody like him out there. But man, Dark Skies, a bottle of wine, perfect match for his music. Yeah, light light a candle, you know, roll out the shag carpet, <laughs> spark the fireplace. I'm in. You're making a creepy, Jim. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the OCs or is it just... OCs now I can't keep up with what they want to be called just figure it out fellas it's stop. <laughs> it's it's kind of annoying but Intercepted Message I think was the first record I mentioned to you for August it immediately caught my ear the whole thing has this stomping beat and I love the new wave and the synth elements blending into their melodic garage punk the the hives they had me pumping my fist in the air but the OCs I almost said the OCs, but it's no, it's just
1: OCs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They really forced me to pay attention. There's a lot of interesting sounds happening. And I don't mean that to sound like I'm being nice. Oh, that's interesting. I I really like this one a lot. There's some weirdness on it that I wholeheartedly embrace. When there's so much cookie cutter, copy and paste music out there, it's one of those records and really the band where I'm thinking, wow, how do you write music like this? Matt, I
1: think I've been calling them the oh shits, you know, (laughs) over the past week. I'm just kidding. This is for people who are forward thinking about music and
0: not just trying to recreate the past. Oh, exactly. And I kind of consider them the American version of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. They push the boundaries of rock without going full prog. Yeah, they do. They do. It's good stuff. It's a lot of fun to listen to.
1: All right. So after that, we have mammoth wvh or as you might know him wolfgang van halen doesn't it feel weird saying mammoth wvh it's a, a very interesting band name in the way that he's decided to yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I, I want you to know this is of the van halen lineage yes. but he, i want to be my own monster at the same time to be fair i think if he was just mammoth that kind of sounds like a
1: 70s rock band maybe he was trying to stay away mm. from that a little bit Well, it is a nod to Van Halen's original band name. It is. Yeah. So maybe just his version of mammoth. And so that's, you know, (laughs) it is the kind of guitar rock that we listen to. It's returned. I got to admit though. I only wish for one thing. Wolfgang could take himself a little less seriously with the songwriting and play around a little bit. He comes from an entertainment family. His dad, always had that kind of playfulness and a wink and a nudge. And his mother was the star of all kinds of comedy sitcoms that were watched back in the seventies and eighties. And I know he's living under a big shadow and you try to get out from that, but talent apart, the big attraction to his father, Eddie was likability, And that's what kind of broke through in the music for him. I still have high hopes for Wolfgang and I'm going to, absolutely keep paying attention but right now i just want to fast forward to all of his guitar solos and the songs (laughs) because they're crafted incredibly well they're so good the finger tapping is unlike anything we've heard in music for me in a long time maybe it's still out there in metal somewhere i just think the songs aren't incredibly accessible
0: to everyone it's good that he's he's not trying to imitate anything about van halen and there's not an artificial hype machine pushing. Oh shit! This is Eddie's kid. You gotta, you gotta listen to this.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: guitar solos—they are killer. But he plays all the instruments on both these mammoth albums. I'm sorry, mammoth WVH albums. <laughs> As you said, there's no denying the, the talent, but he needs to move beyond the late '90s, early 2000s rock. He obviously grew up listening to because he's he's not doing enough to separate himself. No. and you know just listen to it you know that talent is there he could do so much more oh I,
1: I agree and let's hope that it's a upward trajectory that we're seeing because this is better than his first album it's, it's miles better than his first album his first mm-hmm. album wasn't even bad it wasn't terrible and this is in another really good place but i don't want people to get comfortable with where he's at now because i think if he can improve his songwriting and really bring the, that joy to finger tapping and the type of soloing that he likes to mm-hmm. do back into music, we won't be stuck in the land of
0: stained and disturbed you know, when it comes to the songwriting. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, apt comparisons right there because yeah. that's that's where he's stuck right now. And I think part of the thing, it's great that he's doing it all himself, but that could be part of the problem. He's doing it all himself. I think he needs to find a partner to bring, he's 32, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, you're already full form at this age. So hopefully he can find a partner that will drag out of him what I know is there. Yeah, I hope so too. And then The View, they finally put out a new album. I had lost hope for this band, but I was (laughs) happy to hear it. This band
1: is from a Scottish city that I've lived in, Dundee. Until we were doing a previous episode on Jam, to be honest, Matt, I'd never paid attention. What a wonderfully crafted album. It's so much fun to listen to. I want to point out the song Shovel in His Hands right off the bat. It sounds modern and old all at the same time. They found a way to make vintage sound fresh in this song. I love the macabre lyrics. The lead chorus verse... The devil is a crackin' dancer. It just stays stuck in my
0: head. It's so much fun. Yeah, this this album is a fun album, and and it's good that they put this album out with a more mature sound. Usually, I don't like it when bands mature, but I think they have the songwriting talent where it <laughs> pays off big dividends for them. Yeah. Something else that was really
1: fun, Matt, that you brought to the show this week, G Flip. This was a great find. They really put full out energy into their live performances and the energy translates really well into their music. When I went and listened to it on on Spotify,
0: I have listened to their song worst person alive so many times this (laughs) week.
1: Uh,
0: I I think I like it so much because I prejudged it going in. Mm -hmm. It made me realize how much I do that and as much as I like to think I have an open mind, Those old tendencies keep showing up over and over again. First listen within 30 seconds, I thought of like, oh, this is just another Taylor, Olivia, Rodrigo, Uh Kelly, Pink. I'm like, it's all just in that crowd because I'm just hearing the voice. But then I did a little bit, something was bugging me. So (laughs) I dug a little deeper. The album's called Drummer, which I thought's a little bit odd. That's an odd title for an album um and then i looked at the album cover it's a bass drum with him crammed partially inside <laughs> like okay this is this is obviously a little bit different than i watched the video for worst person alive in my opinion did a 180 it was it was amazing what a simple and great video a drum set strapped to a trailer being towed down a dirt road and they're playing the drums and singing performing the song all in one take mm-hmm. the whole song one take Bumps and all. I think I threw my back out just watching the yeah, video. I did too. Oh, my, oh my God. There, there was a few of those. I'm like, oh, man, they're going to feel that in five years. How did the sunglasses the, not come off? Well, you could see it in the bridge. They're going down for the rim shots, right? Mm-hmm. And you could see them doing the whole squinty thing with yeah, the nose. to move them where they're pushing, back, Where they're pushing <laughs> the glasses back. Uh, the performance in the video, it, maybe seeing a new artist, even though they're 29- So not young, but only their second album, not playing the keyboard or the guitar, which is what I was another prejudge going in. If they played an instrument at all, it was going to be a keyboard or guitar, which is usually what someone singing will be playing as well. Yeah. The keyboard or the guitar. It was refreshing to see a drummer take center stage. We both love drums probably because we play bass and we know how important it is for that to be unique and character driven.
1: Uh, It is. And like I said, what a great find. So thankful. I have to admit when you messaged me (laughs) and asked if I'd heard of G flip, I had a prejudged moment there. I thought I was going to be
0: challenged to listen to some new rapper. And I braced myself. My God. I'm so glad you said that because that was my first inclination as well. I couldn't
1: have been more wrong. They're really impressive. I immediately went down the rabbit hole just to watch them play
0: drums Many ways that they got prejudged mm-hmm. in my eyes, and I'm sure yours and many other people too. I thought I was getting into, that, into some terrible rap because there was tons <laughs> of it this month. Um, Then I thought, just another pop singer. Then I watched the videos and boom, big surprise. Mm-hmm. Some of the problems I have with new music is there's so much vibing and playing it cool, playing it safe, especially vocally. Drums in most popular music, they've been replaced by machines or... If they're not machines, they make them sound like machines. Yep. They're dead. They're just keeping a beat. They call them beats. That's, it's disgusting. Even when they aren't, they have very little personality or anything differentiating from band to band. They they fail to propel songs. G Flip, being a drummer and a singer, they just let it rip. Yeah. Charlie Watts aside, being a drummer is no time for, to be a wallflower. No. At all. And I made an experiment this week. I asked quite a few people, at least like seven or eight. I had them listen to the song, no visuals, then get their opinion and prejudge, then showed the video. 100% of the people were like, wait, that is not the picture I had in my head. I wish I didn't ruin that experiment for everyone else, but go check out G Flip. They're really talented. They have the number one album in Australia, and that they are stepping up to uh tour the states. I, I think this is this is ripe. I don't know about it exploding, but it's gonna make some noise. Yeah, it's going to. Yep. And that clip you shared of them performing Ike and Tina Turner's Proud Mary. Ooh, that was great. That was fun. And then Corey Wong. How do we broach this? Is it good <laughs> funk or rehashed <laughs> 80s RB pop? I dig some of his stuff. He did some good things with Wolf Peck. He was like, I shared a video with you of him playing at Paisley Park. They made an album in 2021. I think it's like the Paisley Park sessions. It's really good, but I think it's good if you're watching it because th- this new album he put out, everything is so precise and sterile. It's impressive musically, but there's just not enough soul to what he's
1: doing. No, I remember you sending me the link. And I think he's worth a look for people who are into slick, upbeat music, maybe kind of like a modern day Steely Dan. I think for someone with his talents though, this album was just a little too safe for me. You know, We like going out with those boundaries. You talked about that even earlier in the show and not staying safe. And that's what this kind of did. Yeah. It could also be a case of something that sounds loose and fun live, just getting lost in translation in the studio, pulling it in too tightly instead of letting it have that kind of live feel to it while they were recording. So I'm not going to tell people to avoid him because I think there might be something there for those people out there who like their music to just be really pulled together and tight. But if you like it kind of loose and free, you know, it's Corey Wong. He's going to be hard to listen to from the album that was released in
0: August. Yep. It's the kind of music that would be cool to see live for like 20 minutes. And the last five of those, you're trying to figure out how to leave without seeming <laughs> rude. And you got to leave mid song because it's, it's hard to make an escape mid polite golf clap, <laughs> you know, yeah. after a song. Cause it feels like that's what you're going to get, but there's no denying that the dude can rip. He is a great guitarist. All in all, it's just a little too sterile for my day. Yeah, it is you're going to pull the Irish goodbye and
1: act like you're going to the bathroom and then you're out of the show. See ya, ya, Corey. We're gone. Okay. So I'm done. We're not, no polite clapping here. I've come back from the bathroom.
0: (laughs) Sorry, Corey, you're fucking talented, but man, just have a little bit more life. I didn't leave because there's a
1: band that you brought. Speaking of seeing a difference between a live performance and studio performances we have the song, I'm Confident That I'm Insecure. Oh, you're talking about Lawrence. Ah, uh, yeah. It's taken a bit of research to wrap our heads around, Lawrence. You shared a video with me of them performing live, and there's a difference between what you're going to see on stage and what you're going to get on the albums. Do, do you feel like it's necessary
0: to divide the sound this way? No, I I, I, I don't. I, I can kind of argue both ways but it's going to ultimately make it hard to predict what you're going to get. If they're an opening act. So if you go see who they're opening for, you're going to see a different product than if you go to the album, which you could like, Yep. or if you listen to the album, maybe you don't like the album. You're not going to seek them out to go see them live. But I watched an interview where they treat the studio as a big toy box, and they feel unlimited as to what they can do. But then they have to get really creative to pull what they do in the studio off live with only eight members in the band. And I love how they do it. Yeah. I would rather hear the albums sound like what they're doing in that video. That was eye opening. But like G Flip, maybe seeing it perform live opens your eyes to inform your ears of everything you should be hearing. I love that philosophy.
1: When I listened to it the first time, I was probably a little more judgmental after seeing the video of them playing live than when I went back and listened to it again. Second time I went back and listened to it, I wasn't as bothered. But I think this is kind of like those tiny desk concerts that you see where sometimes there can be a real organic thing going on that captures you And it takes you to that magical place that you're never going to get on the album. And that's okay because there are bands out there that are always going to be much better live in concert. That's just why there are concerts
0: Mm -hmm. anyway. I think. How many times have you seen a band live and bought the album and went, oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't think it's that much of a
1: difference with Lawrence. And I think that. I still am interested in their songs as they're going to release them, whether they're playing with a live band or not. So I'm not going to knock it too much. I think people need to get behind this band. And Matt, you said they're an opening band. Well, they're opening for the Jonas Brothers right now. <laughs> and I'm going to be a dick and say, well, I don't know if the Jonas Brothers could hold an ounce of talent that I'm hearing when it comes to Lawrence. Ooh, bold statement. It is.
0: If if you grew up a theater band or chorus kid, Lawrence would really click with you. Jet, watch those live performances. Not exclusively, though. Th- these are really good songs, but the performance is top-notch. W- we will most likely post this on the Facebook page. Oh, we will. I'm confident that I'm insecure you only need to watch it once and take a step back and go there's a ton of work that goes into the rehearsal of not just the performance but i'm going to move here we're all going to move there the mm-hmm. camera's going to go like this the camera's going to go like that and when there there's that first thing where the four guys doing the backup vocals do that ah it's like holy shit to come in stone cold with those notes it's so damn impressive. It is. <laughs> and they've been around for 10 years. I'm I'm really excited to catch up with what I've missed. But put it this way, Jim. I would consider listening to a Christmas album if they put <laughs> one out. <laughs> I would because there is so much happy, joyful sounds that they make. And I think it's only conveyed properly if you really watch them if you really want to convey what you're singing or playing, you have to emote just a little bit. And these guys don't emote just a little bit. They emote a lot yeah. and they get the point across. It's, it's great. Yeah.
1: She emotes in the way though, that I would say somebody like Janice Joplin emotes. And I don't want to make that kind mm. of a comparison, yeah. but, or, or, Oh yeah. Or, you're not going to get Janice Joplin or Billie Holiday, but she has that kind of, that was the name
0: I kept coming back to.
1: Yeah, that real feel, that real authentic singer. And then the band and the brother that is with her and Lawrence. That's why they're Lawrence. It's brother and sister. They're Clyde both Clyde and Gracie.
0: And I think they have a the one on the left, I think, is Linus. I think it's their younger, younger, okay. quite a bit younger brother. That's amazing. All right. So go check out Lawrence, everybody. The final album I'm going to
1: recommend to people is to check out Happy Music by Super Shy. This features Tom Mish throughout and has a few other good cameos on it. This is lights low, colored ball, spinning in the corner, Saturday night dancing music. It's kind of like old school 90s techno, a little fat boy slim Moby textured with disco bass lines and a little cool in the gang smoothness. It sounds like a perfect 1999 five pound all you can drink UK club dance floor music
0: this was not my jam (laughs) (laughs) that scene you've described has never been my thing and i know it's plenty of other people's things i'm not judging i'm just saying nah it's not for me if you ever see me dance for music would not come to mind in the right moment though some music can win me over at least temporarily i mean i own a fat boy slimo you had a good album i've seen you dance to
1: greece at my wedding you know so <laughs> oh, hey
0: that's great music that's great music despite my feelings about musicals that is a that's great music but don't feel bad jim here's your chance to smack me down a little bit danger mouse and gemini the gifted one the only rap album and i tried out more than a dozen that i could find worth mentioning I tried really hard to hate on it because I kind of found it late in listening to the rap. Mm -hmm. To the rap. I sound like such an old guy there. I'm listening to the rap music. (laughs) uh, And Born Again, it came out near the end of the month. I haven't really been able to do a big, deep dive into it. But it stands out from everything else I've heard in rap or hip hop that I tried out this month. It's alternative hip hop. It's kind of, it's got that slight jazz feel to it. You've said the
1: rap more, more than one time What we've done I know. Over the the rap. The rap music. You sound like a <laughs> grandparent saying something about hey, oh, the <laughs> rap music. <laughs> you
0: know, hey. Turn that gosh darn the rap
1: down. Hey. All right there, Matt. Easy. Nobody listens to techno Eminem. You'd think I was asking Moby to blow you. <laughs>
0: I don't need to see my reflection in his bald head. That would, <laughs> nobody wants to see that. I, 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 I was just actually
1: kidding with everything. First of all,
0: I well, no heartily... shit,
1: Sherlock. <laughs> oh come on. I had to give you a little shit. You know, yeah. We haven't had we haven't had a moment where we've been divided on music in a long time. So <laughs> I really liked Super Shy. And I can wholeheartedly accept that it's not your jam. It's not for everyone. For any listener who likes that description that I gave, it's for you. Exactly. Go check it out. Yeah. And someone might definitely be more into this Danger Mouse album. I can't knock it. You bring these words like alternative and jazzy, and you're absolutely correct. I feel like this picks up where De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, or Black Sheep were going before Gangster Rap took over. I was listening to it at 7 a.m. on the bus ride into work and I had an urge to roll a blunt and pop a 40. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so we have we also have some good songs. They're not albums yet, but we found some good songs and we both found Orla Gartland, Kiss Your Face Forever. Yeah, this is a song we found separately that I put into the little
1: playlist we were sharing with each other and and then you messaged me and you were like, Hey, you
0: found this song already. And we wanted to share it with one another. That's really cool. I like it when we're on that same random page. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned a common message that would be repeated energy and not playing it safe, whether it's the sound or the look taking chances is, is that's what youth is all about. We don't need safe from yeah. youth. Yeah. I, I, unless they're driving, be safe. <laughs> Music go balls out. man. That's it. And, and speaking of safe, I found this band called Sterling
1: press and the song was, what would you do? This is a moment that I'm going to throw in a random Scottish band that people probably won't hear about in the States. They're still playing small clubs over here and getting smaller opening slots for, you know, larger touring bands. But I love the playfulness of this song. And if I'm hearing anything early in their career, I want credit for this in two years for saying <laughs> I found this band now. Good on you, Jim. Good on you. I love that. Yeah. I love picking out bands that have potential and Sterling press is definitely on that list for me right now.
0: I was so happy you found this band. I can get behind these guys Yeah, and keep bringing Scottish bands. That, that people probably haven't heard of, especially over in the States because Scotland puts out some damn good bands in Australia too. They're putting out some kick-ass stuff right now. Yeah. There's some good music and this is a fun band so far. And I hope
1: they stay this lighthearted with their songwriting. Mm. Maybe not so lighthearted, but still kind of cool. And surprisingly to us was, Guns and Roses, <laughs> people are probably wiping. it. <laughs> like Candlebox at the beginning of the show, where people were yeah. like, "What?" Yeah, Jim just said Guns and Roses.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the song is perhaps surprise for both of us. Who would have thought we'd hear a new GNR song featuring the core members right now here in 2023?
0: And it's actually really good. Yeah. This one took me by surprise. (laughs) Long-time listeners to the show will know I have my challenges with Guns N' Roses, but I really like this song. Mm -hmm. Kim was surprised when I told her how good I thought it was because my struggles with Guns N' Roses, (laughs) they're, they're legendary, but I'm working on them. I don't know if this means there's an album in the works. It took, what? over 20 years for Chinese democracy. So who knows? I mean, they didn't even need to make that album Yeah, and maybe they're dusting off some old songs. They never finished. If they have more in the tank like this, get going guys. My challenges aside, they were a shot in the ass music needed at the time and the music landscape right now they're ripe for a band to come in with a take no prisoners attitude.
1: Yeah. I really hope that this generation now going out. They play Glossonbury this summer. I want them to at least recognize the legacy that Guns N' Roses deserves in music. And I'm not going to knock Chinese democracy a bazillion times the way that people like to do, because if you don't know, I'm going to explain right here on the show. Chinese democracy started to be written after Guns N' Roses kind of broke up. Some of the songs were written beforehand, but a lot of them were written after Duff and Slash had left the band. And alternative music had broken with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains. And that became the big thing. And suddenly Guns N' Roses didn't fit in anymore. So what was happening with Chinese democracy was... People want to blame Axel for being a perfectionist, and it was not his fault. It was actually the label. Axel kept re recording this album because the music would change. So, when he first introduced Chinese Democracy to the label, it didn't sound like alternative music to them at that time. It didn't sound like that Nirvana. It probably just sounded like Guns N' Roses. And yeah. the label said, No, we're not putting that out. So, Axel went back. Axel wrote according to what was going on with Limp Bizkit, what was going on with the the late 90s, early 2000s sound that we talk about happening with Stained and Disturbed and things like that. He worked with guitar players who played with nine-inch nails, brought in a bumblefoot, you know... Buckethead. Buckethead. You know, these guitar players that could kind of play any style or do anything. And it really... Eventually Chinese democracy just got put out there. I would guess at the very end, either the label was fed up or Axel just said, I'm done with this. And then Axel went back to work with Slash and Duff again. I think that he's back where he belongs. I think seeing all of them play together is a fantastic thing. But I think there's this huge anti-axel movement and Matt, I can hand it to you. I don't mind his, Hey, 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 you know, knocking on heaven's door, (laughs) that kind of stuff that bothers you. But I think that he really wanted to put genius into music. He loves Elton John. He has so much respect for great older musicians and he's worked with younger people as well. You know, if you what the, one of the highlights of Guns N' Roses time was the closing of the, the tribute concert for Freddie Mercury coming out and singing. And I can't believe I'm turning this into a defense of Guns N' Roses end of show. For I can't either. You're
0: going on a nice long sol- soliloquy. And let's not immediately, even though I like to demonize record labels because maybe they did him a favor we don't know because we don't know what those original songs were like we don't maybe they were maybe they were shit and maybe they were saving him from saying you know what This, this really just isn't gonna fly now we're saving you from a flop but that's a
1: lot of maybes. Every band out there who hates their record label, you just heard Matt say, don't demonize the record. Dude, don't demonize the guy who doesn't play fucking music. No, 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 no.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of things involved with the record labels from contracts to being told what you can put out, and what you can't. There's got to be record labels just like every entity is not 100% good, 100% evil. There are people looking out for you and people working against you. And I also think Axel Rose can be his own worst enemy. I agree. Just like a lot of other people. Yeah. I, I shouldn't, you know, point out Axl Rose specifically, but a lot of people can be their own enemy when ego and pride to get involved. Yeah. I'm right. No, you're wrong. No, I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> then you don't want to back down.
1: I do think there was a lot of ego involved that took place, especially with the writing of the music for Guns N' Roses and why. That band broke up originally anyway. So I'm hoping a lot more was put together with the three of them in this new song. And my guess is there yeah. it probably was the three of them putting it together. So
0: I I that's the way that's the world I want to live in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough Guns N' Roses.
1: Yeah, that's enough for Guns N' Roses. <laughs> and sorry, everybody. <laughs> but it's a good song. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Here's another good song, and if it's not already, it's probably going to blow up and and be huge because, well, let's face it, she's massive right now, but it's Olivia Rodrigo. I do think when we started talking about covering a month's worth of music, we did say sometimes we'd bring up stuff that was going to be really popular because this song is definitely a radio song. It's called Bad Idea Right, and it is damn good. I I like it. It's a really well-crafted piece of work. I heard it on the radio today and it's not going to change the world of music, but I like it when you're not witnessing a sophomore slump for an artist and that's not what's going on with her right now. It is a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah. And it's going to connect with people of a certain age. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, we can't expect everything to be for us. Yeah. And finally the black Pumas have returned. They have a new album coming out in October and I am so excited for it. Four years after the debut. And it's not rushed Mm -hmm. as usual. There's a pre album release single more than a love song. It's if the rest of the album is this strong, there will not be a sophomore (laughs) slow. It's more of the smooth soulfulness that caught my ear the first time. At the same time, it doesn't feel like a retread. We'll we'll all have to wait until we cover October to see if I'm disappointed or not. (laughs) I got a feeling I'm not going to be, so I got to temper my expectations, but something caught my attention. I realize at times Eric Burton's voice, he reminds me of Al Green a little bit. And it, there we go. I'm bringing the show full circle, Jim. Yeah, we were messaging back and forth the other day and I told you I'd listened to this song
1: seven or eight times. Mm. And, and hell, I'm going to go back and listen to it again after we wrap this show up. <laughs> it has that addictive quality to me. Black Pumas, everyone, especially my British friends who might not have heard of them yet. And people over here really like that vintage R&B sound. Go check mm, out their new song. They would song. dig this. Oh, they would. Go check out this new song, More Than a Love Song. You will
0: not be sorry. Not at all. No. Black Pumas rule. It is. And and I think we're just about ready to wrap up August, though. I think we prattled on long enough. Oh, no, Matt. There's We got one more thing to talk about. Yeah. I forgot to bring up. There's a new Aerosmith's Greatest Hits album. Just what the world needed
1: again.
0: I I think I think the world can sleep in peace now that Aerosmith is yet again repackaging their hits. (laughs) Oh, oh, I, or maybe they're taking advantage of the vinyl revolution. That's
1: it, kind of looks a lot like that
0: Aerosmith's greatest hits album cover
1: that we rode around with back in the 1980s.
0: Oh, good. I, I want to go back and I want to compare this to maybe what's on the set list for Pandora's box and yeah. just go. Yep. Unnecessary. Yep, <laughs> unnecessary. I mean, how many times you got to release walk this way and dream on. Boy, if you don't, own, if you're our age and you don't own those already, make your own
1: playlist. Yeah, We should do a count <laughs> one day and see if we can find how many times those songs have been released.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's probably only like five or six, but that's still, (laughs) I think 50 (laughs) or 60 is more likely. (laughs) Oh my Lord. Aerosmith. I love certain things that you did, but stop. Yeah. Please begging you. We don't need another greatest hits album. Yeah. If you're going to,
1: you brought us down on a down note. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you're going to release vinyl, go back to your classic catalog and release them album by album that's
0: the best way to do it. Learn that lesson. Especially some of their albums. Yeah. Toys in the Attic. Man, you could do so much by re-engineering that sound. Mm-hmm. Big 10-inch it record. sound great. Oh, my God. Because that's an incredible album. Yeah. Go back and make it sound better. Go back and do it.
1: Okay, Matt. So here we are at the end of the show. We have finished, I believe, because I brought up Aerosmith, <laughs> and you yeah. said I finished it on a downer. We finished <laughs> August 2023. Sorry, everybody. There's a lot of great music. If I just brought you all down, go back and listen to about 20 minutes ago when we were talking about Lawrence. That's where you need to yeah. be. <laughs> Get on Lawrence. And, and it Love leads them. to Black Numbers, and we're happy. But yes, Matt, it's your time to tell everybody what the next subject
0: show is going to be about. So- let it rip so next time we're gonna hearken back to the old show a little bit and we're going to build a soundtrack of our lives we're gonna have to be really careful with that
1: but i like that idea i think uh there are a few times in my life where i've thought to myself if there was a soundtrack to my life this song would be on it so i'm looking forward to this mission (laughs) and i think other people think that too so I, You know, we'll open up the Facebook group and we'll talk to people about what might be a soundtrack song to their life. And yeah, I think there might be some fun discussion to go on there. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. Feel free to share what you come up with your own soundtrack. That would be interesting to see if there's any uh, cross-pollination there. Yeah, it definitely would be. All right, Matt. Well, it's your turn to wrap it up. And I will wrap it up hey we want to thank everybody for tuning in to our August recap of the GM yearbook and come back in two weeks where we're going to talk about our soundtrack of our lives it should be amazing yet not sad you know it's only going to be sad when we get to the (laughs) 2000 no it's going to be a good time
1: for the whole show we're definitely looking forward to it and we're going to have a good time
0: Matt time to say good night Good night, everybody, and thank you for listening to the Jam Earbook Peace, love, and podcast.